Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? Welcome. This is the Breakfast with Champions podcast, one of the most unique, amazing, and powerful podcasts you'll ever come across in your entire life. Listen, we bring you motivation, education, and inspiration, and ultimately give you an opportunity to get a seat at the table, to hang out with some of those that are doing the things you know you can do, that have reached some of those levels you know you can reach. What makes this podcast so unique and incredible is we have over a hundred different thought leaders that are constantly delivering amazing, over-the-top, powerful, and impactful content in bite-sized nuggets that you can absorb, take action on, and implement in your life. So with that said, make sure you filter through. There's going to be some of these thought leaders, these experts in their industries that you're ultimately gonna connect with. You're gonna totally, totally resonate. It's gonna totally be your vibe. And then there's gonna be other ones that you're gonna be like, eh, you know what? I like them, but I don't know if I love them. And that's what's great about Breakfast with Champions is we have something for everyone. So make sure you sift through, find the ones that you love, and know that they'll be coming back every single week to be able to deliver to you the motivation and education and inspiration that you need. With that said, my name is Glenn Lundy. I am your host. Super excited to connect with you. And let's kick off today's episode of Breakfast with Champions. Going to be handing the mic over to my boy, Mark Jenkins. Now this dude, this dude's like 198 years old, but he looks like he's 30. Like, I, I got to spend some time with him. 199. Yeah, see? He's 199 years old, but he looks like he's 30. <laughs> I got to spend time with this guy in New York City, and he worked out with all of us at the Breakfast with Champions Consortium, and just incredible energy, incredibly intelligent, like knows the body, knows the moves. He's so encouraging, the way he encouraged everybody, no matter what level they were at fitness-wise. He made everybody feel included. He didn't make anybody feel like they were falling behind. Like It was incredibly impressive to watch this dude work. And about 75% of the way through, he did a reference to the Karate Kid. And then he said, oh, well, I guess you'd have to be old like me to even know what the Karate Kid is. I, I'm 51, I think is what Mark said. You 51? Is that what it is, Mark? Yeah, I'm 51. 51. And we were all like, what? <laughs> You're kidding, man. 51. Like that picture that he has right there, that's him right now. Like a lot of people got their picture back from, you know, 20 years ago. They're like, I used to look like this. But no, 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 no. That's Mark right now at 51, dude. He is a beast. And so super excited to share him with you here on Breakfast with Champions tonight. Mark, I appreciate you being here, my man. And the mic is yours, sir. Hey, Glenn, thanks for having me. Uh, before I even start, let's give it up for Forbes, man. That was awesome, guys. She really did her thing. Let's get a mic flash for Forbes. That was great. Yep. So what's going on, fam? Uh, welcome on a health, uh, Wealth and Health Wednesday. Good to be here. My second one. Um, last week, we spoke about uh, sets and reps and how to put it together. Today, I want to give you a little bit of more perspective on how to put your workouts together and uh, more importantly, how to approach it like you approach your uh, entrepreneurial endeavors, how to get the most out of it, how to get in the best shape as possible, how not to waste time, how to adapt your workouts based on uh, prevailing information 
And with that said, I want to talk about muscles and muscle fiber. Uh, again, we spoke about it last week. The key to getting a result is to stimulate as much muscle fibers as possible. You know what I mean? If you recruit 95% of your muscle fibers when you're working out, your body sends a signal to your brain to create more muscle fibers or to make those muscle fibers stronger. So that should be your goal as you're working out, not to lift more weight or to lift heavier weight or to lift faster, but to get as much muscle fiber recruitment as possible in the shortest amount of time as possible. And I think people uh, forget about that part. And we want to use the shortest amount of time as possible because it's the same recovery system that's getting you through your job, that's getting you through parenting, that's getting you through all the other stuff that you have, that you have to do during the day. So we don't want to negatively impact your recovery system. We want to make your recovery system stronger. So I'm trying to get you guys in and out of the gym within an hour, working out no more than three to four times a week. Does that sound good, guys? So that's the goal. I want to give you that concept and to put that in your head. But I wanted to get back to what is a muscle. A muscle is made out of fibers, guys. And there are two types of muscle fibers. And... um. Like all muscle fibers, the two are not the same. They're called fast twitch and slow twitch muscle fiber. Now, the fast twitch and slow twitch have different functions, and each person has a different amount of fast twitch and slow twitch muscles in their body. And this is important because your workout should be based on your goals and what type of muscle fibers you have. That's very important. If you're training properly for your muscle fibers and stimulating all the muscle fibers you have, you get results that much more effectively. And I'm gonna get into that as far as sequencing a little bit later and open it up to questions. But like I was saying before, you got two types of muscle fibers, type one, type two. Fast twitch muscle fibers provide bigger and more powerful contractions, but for only shorter durations of time because uh, they take up so much oxygen, they don't last long. So those um, power lifters, people you see doing explosive movements, even sometimes sprinters, they have a lot of fast twitch muscle fiber that gives them that explosiveness out the gate, but they don't last long in endurance exercises. And your slow twitch muscle fiber, those are the ones uh, for endurance. Those are the ones that uh, marathon runners are dominant in, cross-country skiers, people who do a lot of endurance. Now, most people, the average person usually has a 50-50 split between fast twitch and slow twitch. But here's the thing that's important for you guys. When you get older, Right When you get old like me, <laughs> in your 40s and 50s, you start to lose your fast twitch muscle fiber. And that's the stuff that gives you the reactions and the explosiveness. So as you get older, you always want to prioritize and make sure you implement some type of explosive movement within your exercise program. Very important so you don't lose that speed and that burst. Okay, uh, th that goes first. You usually keep your slow twitch, your endurance muscle fibers. That's why you see a lot of older people and masters doing 100-mile races, you really don't use, lose that with age, but you do lose that speed and explosiveness. That's when you talk about, uh, you hear about athletes losing that first step, that first quick step that got older. It's because they lost that um, fast-twitch muscle fiber. So like I said, the average person has 50-50 balance of these muscle fibers. Power athletes like sprinters have 70 to 75% more fast-twitch. Endurance runners have 70 to 80% more slow-twitch. And it's also uh, age, genetic predisposition, and uh, how you train has a lot to do with it. 
For example, if you're only training within the six to eight repetition range, you're only targeting your fast twitch muscle fiber. So if you're only targeting one type of fiber, it's going to be harder for you to get your body to send that signal to your brain to create more muscle. So how that relates to you, you want to make sure that you have exercises within your workout routine that contain both high speed duration repetition exercises for your slow twitch and explosiveness for your fast twitch. The more uh, you vary your rep range, the more you recruit, the more muscle fibers, the less sets you have to do per exercise, the quicker you get results. Does anybody have any uh, questions on that? You understanding me so far about the muscle fibers? All right, I'm going to keep it going. I'm going to keep it rolling. And so that has a lot to do with how you sequence your exercises and your workouts. So you want to make sure that you get your power movements in, especially if you're older. You want to do your power movements first. You want to do your explosive movements first so you can get as much power and generate as much as possible and then go to your endurance exercises afterwards. For example, I'm going to have my clients do a squat as their compound movements work the explosion before I do an isolation movement like a leg extension. Okay, so if you guys are following me, it's very important how you set your workouts up to recruit as much muscle fiber as possible. You know, and um, I think a great um, workout that incorporates both of those is uh, parachute sprinting. You know, I love to get the parachutes. You can get one on Amazon, 22 bucks, wrap it on your back, go outside, pick a hill, and parachute sprint up the hill. Because now you're working your endurance because you're running a distance, but you're also working your explosiveness because you're dragging a parachute at the same time. So there's one that you can do pretty simple that, that, that'll get your fast twitch and your slow twitch muscles. That's pretty cool. Or you can do an explosive workout in between the endurance exercise. Like uh, in between your running every mile, you can stop and do 10 squat jumps. So you can work your explosive, your fast twitch muscle fiber, and then get back to working uh, your, uh, your slow twitch muscle fiber. So you always want to combine so your body's fully balanced. And this way you prevent yourself from getting injured at the same time. All right? So typically if you're in the gym trying to do that, it would be higher reps with lighter weight that would get you to work in your, um, your uh, slow twitch muscle fiber and the heavier weight for maybe the three to six rep range would get your uh, fast twitch muscle fibers working. Is everybody clear with that? So now that we got that information and you know what you want to stimulate, right, and you know what rep schemes you want to use, now you can get back into your exercises. You have something called uh, compound exercises, right? Compound exercises are exercises that utilize more than one muscle group. For example, a push-up. When you're doing a push-up, you're utilizing your chest, right? Using your shoulders and using your triceps to push you up. And you're also using your core and abdominals to keep your torso lined up with your, um, with your shoulders, right? So that would be a compound movement. An example of an isolation movement would be a dumbbell fly for your chest because you're just squeezing your chest, working one muscle group. You're not pressing with your triceps. Your shoulders you're using a little bit to stabilize, but it's mainly a chest exercise you're squeezing. Or a better example would be a leg extension. A leg extension machine would be an isolation movement because you're activating the front of your quadricep only. A compound movement for your legs would be a squat because you're working your quadriceps, which are in the front, the hamstrings, which are in the back, the glutes, you know, after your total thigh. That would be a compound movement. So with this knowledge that we have in mind that we just got from uh, fast twitch and slow twitch muscle fiber, we know that we want to make one of those exercises a power movement. So we're going to pick the compound movement. Why? Because that's the safer bet, because you're using more muscle groups to go heavier and go explosive. 
Number two, compound movements burn more calories because you're using more than one muscle group. So if we add weight to that, we get more of an aerobic benefit and we get a caloric benefit because we're burning more calories. And that's the quickest way to build strength uh, through the uh, compound movements. Compound movements build more testosterone and give a greater hormonal response than any other movement. As a matter of fact, the top three movements that release testosterone and growth hormone go in this order. They are the squat. Squat is number one. People who squat, they get a higher testosterone release uh, uh, in blood checks afterwards because they took their body through the greatest plane of motion and used the most muscle tissue. Number two would be the deadlift. That's a big secretor of, uh, of uh, growth hormone and testosterone. And the third one would be the bench press because you're bringing your upper body through the biggest plane of motion. Or a push-up, conversely, that's weighted. You can wear a weight vest and hit a push-up or put a plate on your back and get that same type of hormonal effect. So we want to go with the big three. You always want to have one of the big three within your workout program. You either want to be squatting or deadlifting or bench pressing. Maybe not all within the same workout because that can tax your recovery system, but you want to be doing one to two of those within your whole workout program, again, because you get the highest hormonal release, right? And that burns the most calories. So always include one of the big three uh, in your workouts, and that's a big tip. So now we got that information, we go to our isolation movement. That's a perfect time to turn that, like the leg extension, which we're going to do after our squat. That's a perfect time to turn that into an endurance exercise to get that slow twitch muscle. So we're going to pump those reps up to 20 rep sets, right? So we have a longer time under tension. We work that muscle's endurance aspect. So we hit the fast twitch fibers with the squat. We hit the slow switch uh, uh, fibers with the uh, leg extension, and this is where you get total fiber recruitment. So instead of doing multiple sets of exercises, this enables you to do less sets because you're working more efficiently and recruiting more muscle fibers by changing your rep scheme, uh, scheme and your sequencing. Does everybody get me on that? Am I getting overly technical? Christy, are you on that? I got a question. No. Yep. <clears throat> My question for you, sir. Shoot. When you talk about the squ the squats, um, you know, as I'm getting older, I, I don't like to squat as much weight. Is it okay to still do, you do squats with with a lot less weight? Do you still get the same? same yeah, as long as you or, or even air squats. As long as you're lowering your body through that plane of motion, you're still getting the hormonal response. You're still getting the leg activation. But what you could do also, since you don't want to use that much weight is you can pre-exhaust your legs by using an isolation movement first. If you pre-exhaust your thighs by doing a leg extension and a leg curl before you get to the squat, you can make the lightweight more effective because your legs are more exhausted. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. Now, do you do, uh, what about air squats? Do you think there's value in air squats? Absolutely. Absolutely. There's, there's value in all exercises. It's all in the sequencing and the amount of repetitions you use, but you have to be have it already set in your mind what your goals are before you get into the gym. If like, for example, like women, they want to always hit their glutes, right? They always want to work their butts and develop their glutes. So they start off the workout doing glutes first, but that's exactly what you don't want to do because your thighs are fresh. So if you're loading your glutes first, your thighs are going to take over and do most of the work that your glutes are supposed to be doing. But if I pre-exhaust your thighs first so they're already tired and then get to your glute exercises, I'm going to recruit more muscle fibers in your glute gluteal area. So that's where the sequencing, 
every exercise that you do, you should know the reason why you're doing it. You should know the reason why you're doing the same repetitions. You should know the reason why you're sequencing it in that way. Anybody else have any more questions? Yes, Mark, yep. this is Mariana. How did you feel about jump squats before doing the squats with um, weights? I like, I like jump squats, but I, I like jump squats, but I usually use them as a finisher because my thing at my age, and again, it all depends on your age, you know, what your goals are. And me, I'm trying to keep my bone density as high as possible to keep my body producing as much testosterone <laughs> as possible at, at 51 and to keep as much muscle mass on my body as possible. So I'm trying to lift as heavy as I can. So that's my priority. So I would do my uh, squatting, my heavy squats first and my jump squats as a finisher. So I'm not as concerned about my explosiveness or plyometric stuff because I get a lot of that in my other types of training. But yeah, it's a great tool. You definitely feel it in your glutes, jump squatting. Thank you. Any more questions, guys? Hey. Hold on, David. I don't think I can hear you. You broke up a little bit. Squats compared to just a. Uh, I think we might have lost David. But I'm going to keep it going. So. Oh, you back? Can you hear me now? I got you now. I got you now. I was I was just asking about shoes. Like, how important is it to use the right, like, shoot with squats? Do you want to have a flat shoe or, or just a sneaker? Or how, how important is that? Yeah, it's definitely important. We spoke a lot about that last week as uh, with squatting and the shoes. Um, you know, I squatted, I used, I squatted in the Vibe Room, the Five Finger Shoes. I've squatted barefoot. And, you know, most trainees' feet are very atrophied because they're wearing sneakers all the time. With that being said, you don't want to use a foam or something that compresses or any type of shoe when you're squatting because that's going to reduce feel of the ground and it's not going to give you that connectivity and you're not going to be using your muscles in a natural range of motion. So they do have shoes for squatting. I usually use flat, very flat cross trainers or boxing shoes are very good to squatting. But something that allows you to use your feet to actually grip the ground, that's probably the best way to go. But that was a big question last week as well. But most people's feet are atrophied because we wear sneakers all the time when we train. Hey, Mark, this is Shirley Ann. Quick question. Would you recommend a board um, on the heel of your feet when you're doing squats? Or would you just do flat on the ground? Uh, if you put the board underneath your feet when you're squatting, it puts more emphasis on your quadriceps, the front of your quad. So if you're looking in the mirror... If, you're, uh, if you want to develop more of your vastus lateralis, that's the outside of your thigh in the frontal area, that would be a good way to go with the front squat. If you lack booty and hamstrings, you definitely want to have your heels lower. You don't want to have the squat. You don't want to have the uh, plate underneath your foot. But it all depends on what part of the quad you want to target. When you have the heels elevated, you want to be very careful of not tipping over too far forward because you don't want your knees coming out in front of your toes as you're squatting. You want to keep tension on the muscle, not the joint. So that's very, very important as you're squatting with the um, plates underneath. You don't want your knees coming out in front of your toes because leverage-wise, that puts more tension on the joint as opposed to the muscle. And another tip, guys, when you're training, the whole thing is to recruit as much muscle fiber as possible. You don't want to lock out as you're exercising. You ever see people get to eight? Then they lock their arms and pause, breathe for five seconds. 
then they do nine, then they hold it, then they do 10. When you lock out, you're transferring the weight to your joints and you're taking it off your muscle, which is defeating the purpose of your training because you're trying to recruit all of that muscle fiber. So you cannot stop and hold, especially in the contracted position where it's putting stress on your joints. That will wear down your knee. That's the equivalent to grinding your teeth as you're, as you're pressing a weight. You got that bone on bone grinding. So eventually your knees will start hurting, you'll lose cartilage. So give yourselves longevity. Do not lock out as you're training. Very important. Any other questions, guys? We got about five more minutes. Yep, I got one more for you. How, for, how for, for working out early mornings, is it important to eat before you work out or eat after working out? Uh, it's a controversial question because, you know, if you eat before you work out, you have more energy to train harder. However, you're not tapping into your fat stores like you would on an empty stomach. The reason why you have less energy when you train on an empty stomach is because your body is using calories to actually break down that body fat back into energy to sustain you for the workout. So if you're looking to burn fat, you know, like I only work out on an empty stomach and then I eat afterwards so I can replenish. But a lot of people don't have the energy. They don't feel they feel faint when they're training. If that's the issue, then you should definitely eat something beforehand. Thank you. I'm not yeah. gonna eat. Yeah, if you don't if you don't eat, you tap directly into your fat stores. So yeah, that's why they call it fasted cardio because you really get that that benefit from being fasted. Yep. Hey, Barbara, you got a question? Hey, now I'm just here supporting your mark like always. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I appreciate you. I appreciate you, Barbara. Thank you so much. Yeah, I, I've been getting a lot of benefits of working out with Mark, by the way. I feel amazing all the time. And I just took a picture of myself today and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Barbara is my publicist who I started training. And I think she's dropped like, what are you, how much is he, 40, 50? 40, 50 pounds now. Yeah. She yeah. dropped 40 or 50 pounds, but more more importantly, um, we got her contoured right. Her symmetry is looking really good. Her muscles are not fighting each other. And uh, we put more muscle mass on her. So she's now eating more than when we started, but she's still getting leaner because each pound of muscle uh, burns a certain amount of calories at rest. So that's, that's the good part about training people properly. And you guys utilizing science to train and pick your exercises, it makes it sustainable because you're not injuring yourself and you're putting on more muscle which is speeding up your metabolism and you're burning fat for your weight loss as opposed to losing muscle and fat. Hey, Mark. All right, guys, any hey, more questions? Hey, who, who's that? This is Glenn. Hey, what's up, Glenn? What up, what up, what up? So hey. I, I, I wanted to share something with you. I love what you're talking about. Um, so, you know, I guess it was like 90 days ago or so that you offered to uh, help me in the world of fitness and you and, and me too and some other people came together and we looked at a lot of different things, right? We looked at my adrenals and we looked at uh, my blood and we looked at DNA and we looked at, uh, you know, we talked about my diet and, and all types of different things and I kind of leaned in on some, didn't lean in on all, uh, but definitely started looking at exercise a little bit different looked at my running a little bit different and looked at my diet a little bit different. So I did decide to to, to do the fasting window, right, where I, I only eat from noon to 8 every day. Right. Uh, so I eat from noon to 8. And in that noon to 8 window, I'm not, like, crazy, crazy strict. Like, I, I just eat better than I used to, right? Like, I'm not 100% organic or 100% 
vegetarian or anything like that. I'm just eating a lot better, and I got rid of the sugar. Now, with that said, for the first two months, I I started losing, like, shape. Like, I could see my shape getting better, but not losing any pounds. And then in the last, like, 30, 40 days, dude, I've lost 20 pounds. In the last, like, 30, 40 days. I'm down. I was 199 when I started with you. I'm 179 now. Wow. And so, what do you, they call that recompositioning. Yeah, talk to me about that. Why? Did, how come it happened that way? They, they call that recompositioning. So initially, you were putting on muscle and you were dropping fat at the same ratio. So although your weight didn't change, if you would take your body fat percentage at that time, your body fat percentage was going down, right? But your weight didn't register on the scale. And this is when a lot of people quit. And they're like, man, I'm losing inches, but I'm not losing weight. It's because your body's recompositioning at the same rate. Then you got so much muscle mass on you and you were eating so much less garbage that the muscle mass sped up your metabolism so much, it overtook the amount of uh, fat that you were burning. It sped up your metabolism, then you dropped to 20. So if you're doing a 30-day or 60-day program, guys, if you're doing it properly, you're not going to lose most of your fat until the end. So you got to stick it through. That's awesome, man. Well, I feel great. I got some springs in my knees all of a sudden. I feel so much lighter out on my runs now that I'm not carrying that extra 20 pounds around the midsection. It makes a difference. Man. How's your sleeping? Sleeping's still, you know, still the same. I've always been a power sleeper, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Okay, that's I'm, what's a, up. I'm a sleeper, brother, you know. That's, I just, that's important. I just sleep faster than most people. That's all. I just sleep faster. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I really feel great, man, and I appreciate you uh, leaning in and pouring into me and, and, and helping reshape how I look at all of that. And uh, and my kids, thank you too, right? Because I'm, I'm able to run with them more. I'm going to be able to run with them longer. And it's, uh, it's it's really been a fun journey for me, man. Thank you so much. Well, well I, I tell you, this is the great part about training um, training people of uh, influence and movers and shakers like you, man, you know, because I, you know, I, from helping you, I get to help so many more people you get your message out effectively. It's like so great. Like, you know, it reminds me of the, I'll be in a concert watching Mary J. Blige, you know, in a stage. And then I'll hear somebody like, look how good Mary looks. I'm gonna work out and I'm gonna get in shape. And I'm just there listening, you know, and just to have a small part in that, you know, I appreciate it. So thank you so much. Yeah, man. Thank you. Now keep, keep pouring into these folks here, man. They're going to learn today. They're going to learn today. Yeah. You got to learn today, guys. Apply that science and take those lessons and, and look at your workout scientifically. If you can't identify why you're doing an exercise in a certain sequence or why you're doing so many reps, you need to look at that and understand just like you would a business plan. If you saw something amiss, everything has to make sense. There has to be a reason why you're doing so many reps. It has to be in a proper sequence. Look at it that way because it is just that important to your success and wellness. And with that, I'm going to end. Thank you for joining us on Breakfast with Champions. If you want to catch the live version, you can follow us on Clubhouse and listen from 5 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, Saturday 6 to noon, and Sundays with our 111 Sunday service. Make sure you're keeping up with Breakfast with Champions and getting yourself a seat at the table.